To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. pbandjoey.com. That's pbandjoey.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. The DA's got to build a case. Building a case is like building a house. Each piece of evidence is just another building block. He wants to make a brick bunker of a building. He wants to use serious, solid-looking bricks like, like these, right? Right. He's going to show you the bricks. He'll show you they got straight sides. He'll show you how they got the right shape. He showed them to you in a very special way. So that they appear to have everything a brick should have. But there's one thing he's not going to show you. When you look at the bricks at the right angle, they're as thin as this playing card. His whole case is an illusion, a magic trick. It has to be an illusion, because you're innocent. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here at the Spare Parts Studios. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You can find me on Instagram, at Positive underscore Sarcasm. You can find me on TikTok, at Positive Sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook, at Facebook.com. Slash POS sarcasm, or if you just want to be my friend, you don't have to be if you don't want to. It's really just just offering. It's more like an invite than any. Not even really inviting. It's more like an open door policy. Uh, yeah, that's Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Uh, okay. Well, gee, what's been going on? Um, I don't. My notes. I'm looking at my notes, and I'm just gonna kind of close my book. Because the notes, I have information I, that I things I wanted to share, but it's just it's not there at the moment. You know, I I'm, I want to come out. Sometimes I want to come out on this podcast swinging. Sometimes I want to come out on this podcast uh, a little more uh, was it benevolent and loving and uh, trying to go deep and understanding the roots of my mentality as well as yours. 
I want to get your thoughts and opinions on things. And you know what? Sometimes I'm just sitting here with a small pit bull on my lap that kind of takes all the wind right out of me, uh, which he kind of is because this is a small chair. And uh, yeah, so the idea that everything is as it as you'd expect it to be, everything is as it seems, everything everything that you see at first glance is is exactly what you'd want it to be. Your perception is your reality. And in this case, it was. But I think the timing of it is different. Is 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 the qu- real question here? Though not maybe not maybe not the timing, the motive. I don't expect to I don't expect to come out on this podcast or in my videos or just in general. I don't expect to come out with everybody agreeing with me or being on the same wavelength of how I think or how I feel or do or see the world. That's not it's not really my goal. My goal is to seek knowledge and uh further my my need to, need to understand things and take care of my life in my own way however i see fit and the way i see fit right now is to reduce the amount of digital information that i'm taking in let me explain it to you how I'm going to go I'm just going to go back. I'm going to take this as slow as I can because I think right now we are you okay puppy? You okay? All right. The only way I know how to process uh this past week with everything with the video and the riots and the protesting and the response online some doing too much, some doing not enough, some claiming whatever is to go back in but if you're watching this video, I don't know how you're going to take this seriously with this little puppy on my lap, but I'm going to do the best I can. I want There's a name. I'm just going to go with what I thought. Okay, I'm stalling, sorry. There's a name. The name is Safi Rose Russo. Okay. If you look her up, you'll, you'll know who she is. Safi Rose Russo was a eight-year-old who went to an Ariana Grande concert a couple of years back. And when she went, when the concert was over, a person walked in with an explosive vest and detonated it at the end of the concert, killing several people, including Safi Rose Russo. Don't know her ethnicity. Wasn't of any value to me. Uh, it didn't mean anything. You leaving, puppy? Are you leaving? All right. Well, let me know if you need anything, okay? <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing? Huh? You trying to you trying to break my my thought process? All right, I figured. Anyways. Yeah, this is a hell of a way to start the podcast, but it's my podcast, you know. Um So, okay. This little girl went to a concert. She was 8 years old. Terrace came in, opened up his jacket, blew the place up, killed several people, including an 8-year-old girl. Uh, she didn't die in her mother's arms. Her mother later survived. She came out of a coma to find out that her daughter had passed away. I know her name. I wrote about her. 
I think about her often. Whenever I do a, a concept video, her name is in tribute at the very end. I'll always remember her name. She's the one who made me change my mind on a lot of, on a lot of subjects. Well, it didn't really change my mind, but brought me to the place I expected to be at, uh, and now I stand firm on it. But none of you know who she is. Those who you are listening, yes, you don't. You don't know who she is. And this is. I'm not. I, I'm gonna try not to. But then again, I'm not gonna apologize for anything. No need. Done enough apologizing in my life. There are cir- circumstances such as where there was a, f- a full blown video of a cop killing. Um, a guy down in Arizona, I think it was. It was basically an execution. It was a white-on-white crime. And nothing was done about it. Cop was still, I think, on the force after that. Full-blown video, nothing was done. Never heard, never saw LeBron James tweet about it. Nor did I expect him to. He doesn't have to. His job, LeBron James's job, is to play basketball. If he decides he wants to comment, if he if he decides that he wants to have something to say about culture, he's more than welcome to. He's more than welcome to. Alyssa Milano, if she has something to say about health and wellness, it's her opinion. She's more than entitled to. Absolutely. But it's also my responsibility, not my responsibility, my um right. To respond with my own opinion and my own feelings and thoughts on the matter. This podcast is built so that I can exfoliate my mind so that I can create better concepts. That's why this podcast exists. It is my vent, okay? It's my uh, release valve for my brain so that I can think better. And the only way that it thinks better is to ignore, flat out ignore a lot that's going on. There are terrible, terrible things going on in this world that many of you choose not to care about. Now, that may be for your own mental well-being. It may be. And bless you if that's the case. Because at the end of the day, you have your own shit to worry about. And nobody's going to care about whether or not at the end of the day you've secured your future, whether it's financial, mental, physical. They're not going to care. That's your job. Now, I wouldn't allow anybody, if it was in my vicinity, to deprive me or somebody else of their life, liberty, and pursuit of meaning. But it seems to me that a lot of you are wasting your own life, wasting your own time, making excuses, and instead of focusing on yourself, which would make the world a better place, you're focusing on other people. That may make you selfless. It may make you virtuous. But it also might make you lazy. What I saw yesterday, I saw some nice things. I saw some, maybe some steps in the, I guess the right direction. But what I ultimately saw on, I guess, the most social media 
was I saw a lot of laziness. From my perspective, I saw an awful lot of laziness. A real misuse of social media, if there was any use for social media. If anything had gotten in the way of progress instead of making any. Now, if LeBron James wants to tweet about or post about uh, a murder, a first-degree murder taking place, uh, in my opinion, from what I've seen, if he wants to tweet about a murder, he can. But I'll call him a hypocrite. I'm not ashamed to. This is the guy who voices opinion about uh, a murder by police. Okay. Because it doesn't hurt his brand. You know what does hurt his brand? When the company that makes his shoes, that gives him a billion dollar shoe deal, oppresses an entire country. I spoke about Hong Kong and the shit that they're pulling, still pulling, the things that they're doing. Massive oppression, people disappearing, the huge extradition treaty, massive human rights violations. They stuck a camera and a microphone in LeBron James's face and he completely backpedaled. Why? The answer was simple. Money. Money. It doesn't hurt him. Now, I'm talking about him and other people that think in this wavelength. It doesn't hurt him to talk about racial inequality doesn't hurt me to talk about racial inequality well it wouldn't hurt me far less i mean i get it a billion dollars is a lot of money and a lot of people would consider keeping their mouths shut when it came down to whether or not you were going to lose a billion dollar deal he didn't say anything actually he did he backpedaled like a motherfucker and did everything that he could, including the rest of the NBA players, including the NBA themselves, including Blizzard Entertainment, one of the largest publishing companies for video games in the world. All of them backpedaled when it came to negotiations and the money that was involved with China. None of them spoke up for Hong Kong. And a matter of fact, anybody who did that was under the umbrella or the M- of the NBA or of Blizzard, they were uh, reprimanded, suspended, or banned. So when it comes down to money, you know exactly who is real and who is fake. I don't need to talk about rioters. We already know they're assholes. You already know that because your dreams are not working out, you would be more than happy to ruin somebody else's dreams in the forms of their in the form of their business. All right, fine. You want to do that? That's your prerogative. Good luck with it and let me know what happens next. But you're a hypocrite when you're Blizzard Entertainment and you say you post a black po- po- a photo and then you put a nice little statement on there that suits your audience, quote, if it does. it Whatever it does is it protects your, your checkbook. But when it comes to the check that gets cashed in by the Chinese government, 
you keep your mouth shut. Because you don't want to lose that money, yo, to protect your business. That liability is huge. I get it. The money's there. The money's there, and you don't want to look bad in front of the money makers. Marvel Comics did the same thing. Marvel and Disney, because Marvel's owned by Disney. Disney, rightfully so, said what happened was a terrible thing. A terrible thing. But when it came to their movies that were going to be uh, aired in China, which movies are you talking about? Oh, probably two of the biggest movies ever made. Probably the biggest franchise ever. The uh, Marvel Comics franchise. Avengers Endgame. Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, those ones. You heard of them? They made like a bazillion dollars. How much of that money do you think was made in China? Quite a bit, actually. You can go to Box Office Mojo right now. Box Office Mojo. And you can look up Avengers and see how much money they made in China. But the only reason they were allowed in China is because China has certain restrictions on what can be shown and what can't be shown. So if a movie has certain things in it that are offensive or of question to the Chinese government, they say you have to take them out. They tell the American they tell American directors and screenwriters and publishing companies, Paramount, Disney, Miramax, uh, 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 fucking Universal, they tell them you have to take this stuff out in order to be shared, to be seen in our theaters. They do it. And they do it. They take that stuff out. They've changed entire plots of movies and antagonists in these in movies simply because they needed to make money in China. Now, all these companies that bowed before the Chinese government shouted about equality yesterday. But when it came to the oppression that China has on Hong Kong, when it comes to the Muslim community that they keep in internment camps, that they claim are re-education camps, their um, threats against Taiwan, not even acknowledging that it's a country, Tibet, Mount Everest, none of them say a thing. They all keep their mouths shut. They play dumb. The WHO, World Health Organization, when asked about Taiwan, pretended like they didn't even hear it and moved on and said China does a great job. But they were perfectly happy with taking the money from China to fund their organization and scare the shit out of us with a flu times two. I think we've lost our priorities in this country. George Carlin, one of the most insightful, I wouldn't call him the greatest comedian because I think there'll be an insult to Richard Pryor because number one, I don't know Richard Pryor that well. And from a lot of my comedic people that I look up to, they say Richard Pryor was arguably the best comedian of all time. Though ranking doesn't really mean shit. I'll take their word for it because they're professional comedians and I'm not. But as far as to say Carlin was one of the most insightful, okay, we'll go that route. I guess I had to explain that, but Carlin, George Carlin, one of my most, my most beloved comedian ever that I grew up on, he said that this world isn't going to get any better. 
democracy was going to work for a while and then eventually it was just going to collapse because we were going to become complacent and lazy and these easy times that we've been going through were going to make us soft and make us scared. We weren't going to remember how hard it was to work. The payoff for the struggle that we've been through. What it took us to actually get here to this point where you can go to a job and leave at the end of the day and then go to the gym and work out and then come home and the Wi-Fi and the lights are on and your kids are fed. You don't have to worry about that shit. He said that that's all going to come to an end. He said the world's going to burn and you might as well just in, you just might as well grab yourself a bag of popcorn and watch and enjoy it and have fun and laugh. Well, I can laugh about it. I can sit here and make all kinds of silly comments and laugh about it. Me. The next generation may not be so lucky, though. I can watch the world burn. They might be the ones burning. What do I plan to do in all this? Well, Jordan Peterson says that life is tragic. And he's right. It's your job not to make it hell. So that's what I'm going to do. I mentioned it yesterday. That sort yourself out before you go out into the world. Because if you are your biggest problem, it is your job not to make you everyone else's problem. Take care of your own shit. Be a better person. If you see someone in distress, well, consider helping them out. Did I mention anything about race at all this? Did I even need to? This spare part studio has welcomed everyone. Hispanic, black, white, Jewish. I don't give a fuck. They're customers, they're patients, or excuse me, patients, they're clients, they're friends, they're family, they're contributors, they're supporters, they're nonprofits. I don't give a fuck where they came from. If they're assholes, I'll call them out for being assholes. If they're good colleagues and, pay, and clients, great. It doesn't matter to me. You grow beyond that. When did we stop educating people on, on the basics of life? How to take care of your own shit. You realize that this, this uh, thing about education is bullshit? This whole thing? That's, that was the core root of us being better people. Was proper education. Sending people, education and nurturing and discipline. Sending people out into the world who could immediately judge what was right, what was wrong, where to go, what to avoid, how to eat, how to live, how to sleep, how to love, how to be chivalrous, when to step forward, when to stand back. Don't tell me what to do, number one. Don't tell me how to listen. Don't tell me how to think. And don't subtly coerce me by using... What do you see? Cookie cutter speech. 
I've learned how to do this by doing, by thinking my way through this, by using the bare essentials to build from the ground up. And because I don't make it complicated, it all continues to work. Another thing to consider is that I stopped listening to not all of you because you're listening to me, but I stopped listening to those that I knew were full of shit, that were just overcomplicating things, that were always blaming other people for their problems, that were never, that were always planning things or doing things, but it never really panned out. They were going to do this, they were going to do that. You don't do that. I've checked out from all of you. A lot of you, I don't care what you have to say. I don't, I don't follow you online. And I wouldn't care if you all disappeared tomorrow. Am I trying to say that I don't give a shit? I don't know. I just know that I have a lot on my plate. And I'm so focused on the objectives that I have that some things, whether they be big or small, they could be life-altering. They could change the world. I still got stuff I got to do. I still have dreams that I have to fulfill for myself. And if I'm so focused on other stuff, on other socials or other whatever, I don't know, what time is going to be left for me? fulfill my own dreams I get it somebody else's dreams are taken away from them happens a lot happens too much but you gotta disconnect you gotta disconnect I'm not saying don't get involved I'm saying if you're gonna get involved do it right do it 100% make Doing it enough so you actually make a difference. Don't just grandstand online like you're pretending to be virtuous, also known as virtue signaling. Don't post a black fucking thingy online, a black box on your Instagram, like, I'm part of this movement. No, you're not. You're not doing anything. You're not accomplishing anything. You're being lazy. That's gonna, right there, that statement is going to piss a lot of people off. And I don't fucking care. You did nothing. You solved nothing. I saw laziness on full display. Because a lot of you, not all of you, a lot of you are going to forget. You're not going to care tomorrow. And guess what? Tomorrow is today. And most of you have already stopped caring. You got that little masturbatory feeling out of your system of saying, I helped. I made a difference. And then you blew your load on your fucking pillow and moved on with your day of scrolling through Instagram and liking stupid photos of stupid shit and posting selfies that no one's going to care about for self-gratification and nothing else. And that's the, de there's, that's the similarity between Yesterday's photo and today's photo. The same. Self-gratification. You did nothing. You're not going to remember the name. 
Just like Safi Rose Russo's. You forgot the name. You may not even have known the name. I remember it. Do you remember the name of any of the others? Any other big cases in the past few years? Ferguson, New York. Do you remember any of those? Maybe it wasn't your, I don't know, maybe it wasn't your agenda to. Maybe this was your wake-up call. Or maybe you're just fucking grandstanding. And you did the minimal amount necessary to make yourself look like you were a part of the movement, the collective movement, to make it seem like you're actually listening. Quite frankly, I think a lot of you are full of shit. And maybe you should be a fucking shame to yourselves for not doing enough with your life and not helping out just other people in general, regardless of their skin color, but not helping yourself at all to your hopes and dreams and not being a better person. There's a lot of people that I hear and see on a daily basis that are doing nothing to help themselves and continue to and blame other people for their problems. What I've learned in the past six years is that nobody else, law enforcement, the government, my friends, my family, although I do have a lot of respect for my family, nobody's going to solve my problems but me. Regardless of my religion, my skin color, my ethnicities in general, my living situation, my future employments, contracts. That's all up to me. My character is that I believe in something and I have a drive. And as long as I stick to what I believe in and that core value system is intact and I don't back down from that, that's character. That means that I have... You know, there's something real to me and what I do. I don't expect you to agree. I don't want you to. I just want you to know that there's other people out there. The person you're standing next to right now, the person you're holding hands with, the person you're having lunch with, the person that you're doing a business deal with, you're not, you're not the same. In many ways, you have agreements and disagreements about various different topics. You have major strengths and major different weaknesses and major weaknesses in various different abilities and skill sets. What does that change? Nothing. The fact that we have to get on with our lives every single day and we have other shit that we have to be doing. We have to move on with our day. If you're not going to do, and that thought process right there, that applies to you who do nothing who are passive, who are sheep, who do the bare minimum to say that you're helping. To those of you, I say move on with your day because you need to keep moving and staying out of those who are truly trying to make a difference, whether it's in their own lives or in other people's lives, who are truly trying to change the system for the better. Those of you who are pretending like you care but don't, move on with your day. We want you to move on Get in those factory positions, hit those keyboards, transfer those calls, and shut the fuck up because you're not helping.
You're only hurting. You're getting in the way. You're blocking up traffic. You're not, you're not helping anybody. Okay. I hate to, I hate to break it to you. It was hard to sit down here and, as it always is, and hit that record button, and it's like, what am I going to say? Every week I sit down here, and it's like, what the fuck am I going to say that's going to get me in trouble? Or not saying anything at all that's going to get you in trouble. I could be like, you didn't have to say that. No, I don't have to. I don't have to do anything. I can just sit here like a fucking amoeba and let the world dry me out until I'm a goddamn raisin. And then that's it. My life's over. I didn't matter. I didn't help. I didn't offer insight. I didn't offer an angle. You think things are set up the way they're supposed to be because it's supposed to be that way for a certain reason. Everything, this, the, life, the life that's presented to you is like a house of cards. It's supposed to be this way and that should be that way and these people are this way because of this systemic and that buildup and that foundation and our path and it's your fault. And then somebody comes along and says, wait a minute, back it up. Back up the truck. Well, how far do you want me to back up the truck? I don't know, about 50 years. Back it up about 50 years. Let's look at this from this angle. Let's look at this from that angle. And let's look at that from that angle. Why is this like it is now? Because of that. Is it? Is it really that because of that? Let's go back even further. And look at it from this angle. Now, let's look at that. When that happened, this happened. And when that happened, this happened. And look at the correlation of when you started giving these people money. Or you, start, you lowered the training standards of the police department. Or you started lowering the training standards for the U.S. military. Or you changed the uh, teaching curriculum for this class for this reason. Or when Harvard stopped letting as many Asian students into their college because, quite frankly, they were Asian. When you changed these things to make it easier or to diversify or what have you, why are you doing it? And do you fully understand the consequences of your actions in order to make it easier or to make yourself look better in a way that you're more virtuous and you're more compassionate. Are you? What's your agenda? Did you really need... I? You know what's funny? A lot of people got stimulus checks. Myself included. I'm not a fucking millionaire. Quite frankly, I didn't need one. Didn't need one. Took it. Paid off some credit card stuff. Quite frankly, by the end of the year, I'll be debt free. Could have given it to somebody else, though. Did I really need that money? Or did... I'm just asking that self, when that money ended up in my account, was I the one who truly deserved it? 
And then I tried to justify it, you know, by saying, well, I paid this so much in penalties for affordable health care and all these taxes. Yeah, that money's mine. Well, am I just justifying to myself why I deserve this money? I don't know. It was worth asking the question to myself, though. It was worth that worth asking the question. Did I really need it? And the you know what? The answer is no. I didn't need it. I didn't. I and I still don't. I don't need it. I don't need a lot of things. I want a lot of things. I just want to be able to go out and and travel and and make people laugh and introduce people to new ideas and new concepts and and new promises new promises and make people understand that you can do so much with so little and build something out of nothing and that regardless of the chatter that's going on whether it's on the news or in your friends or in your family or in your coworkers that the most important thing you can do is focus on your goals and stay in the pocket. Because you need to understand that every moment of every day, something terrible is happening. And if you are not going to truly focus a lot of time and effort on taking part and making sure that something like that doesn't happen again, then focus on your goal and focus on the one thing that you can truly do to make a difference in this world. And that is... By focusing on your goals and staying in the pocket and taking all your energy to make sure that you are going out there and being a better person. That's all. You're not going to convince, you know, certain people who have very horrible ways of thinking to change their ways. They're just going to justify it with some other bullshit and they're going to stay in their little corner. You can't change their minds. Fine doesn't make them useless it does make them ignorant i myself find myself i myself find myself (laughs) i find myself in a lot of ways where it's like i didn't look at it from that angle that's called learning i try to do it as much as possible i try to look at it from various different angles but sometimes you're getting all this information and you're like wait a minute who wrote that where did it come from why did they write that Why did the study come out that way? Why was it shot from this angle? Why isn't there another angle? I'm just looking, I'm asking all these questions. Then I realized a lot of the times when I look at this information, I'm like, this is all bullshit. Sometimes it isn't. You know, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes what you see is what happens. Sometimes, and sometimes you have to take things at face value. It's important. Not everything's a conspiracy. Not everything's bullshit. Sometimes you have to take things as they are in order to just process because your brain's not a fucking supercomputer. It's big, but this entire supercomputer that's, well, this entire machine that's in your head, you're only using like 10% of it. You're not using the full capacity. I can guarantee you a lot of people do not use the full capacity of their brain. That's for fucking sure. But I see a lot of people, their first reaction to do something their first reaction to do something when when something happens when something tragic is taking place you know what their first reaction is they pull out their phones 
That's their first reaction now. Pull out your phone and post it on your on your social media. That's it. Everybody is a micro TMZ now, looking to get the scoop. Everybody is this freelance journalist trying to make a name for themselves in the laziest way possible. I don't think you're I, I don't think the vast majority of you by doing so are helping in that manner. I, I don't. I, I don't see it. And I think uh, if you are going to be passive in both scenarios, if you've got, okay, yeah, let me put it, in, let me put it to you like this, and then we're going to move to Q&A. We're going to try to lighten this shit up. If a man is being murdered right in front of you, and instead of preventing the murder, I'll leave it to you like that. If a man's being murdered, if you, like for example, if somebody enters your home uninvited, your job is to prevent them from doing harm to you or anybody else inside that house. When somebody's inside your home, do you pull out your phone and call the police? Do you pull out a gun and neutralize the intruder? Do you pick up a bat and try to swat them out of the house? Do you do something to prevent the situation from happening? Do you call the police? Or do you pull out your phone and videotape and record? Do you pull out your phone? During a home invasion, do you pull out your phone and record the home invasion? Or do you try to prevent it? If a man is being... If you believe that a man is being murdered on the street, Do you prevent it? Do you find a way to prevent it? Or do you pull out your phone to record it? If you see a looter or a rioter smashing someone's hopes and dreams and burning it to the ground, do you try to put the fire out? Do you try to take the brick out of their hands? Do you... Grab them and move them away from the from the from the from the building from from the business that somebody spent hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, of their own time and money building their hopes and dreams. Do you prevent them from stopping that damage, or do you pull out your phone and you record it? If you're the person who chooses to believe. That by pulling out your phone and recording it. Now, yeah, I get it. You can say, well, by recording these things, how are you going to know that they happened and how would we get the word out? Okay. Maybe one of you could have done that. But if you are not, the vast majority of you, if you're not going out of your way to prevent these terrible things from happening and instead you go online and you post some bullshit, passive, lazy fucking black photo, then I got no time for you. I don't need you. Just like the news, I'll disconnect from you because you're not doing enough to help humanity. And when I say you're not doing enough to help humanity, you're not doing anything to help yourself because by building a better world, it starts with you.
If you're not preventing the murder and, re- and instead recording it. If you're not preventing your own home invasion and instead recording it. If you're not preventing the looters from breaking into somebody else's business and recording it. I don't care if it's an Apple store. I don't care if it's a small pawn shop or a small country store. If you're not preventing, if you are not preventing it and instead recording it, I got no time for you. I got no time for you. I have less time for you than I do for the for the fucking looters. You're not helping the world. You're only adding to the chaos that is the online video. We already know what the problem is. You know, do you really want a 10-year Marine to be out giving fucking high, speeding tickets on the highway? No, that's not what he's built for. That highly trained, highly skilled uh, veteran should be doing other more important things. But you stick them on the highway to give out tickets. To me, that's a waste. Hiring practices need to be better. The standards of hiring need to be better. Better education. Stronger education. It needs to be better. Standards of practice just have to be better. As a teacher, as a professor, as a instructor, those people can do it. They're the ones that should be making the advice. Or should be advising. That won't happen either. Because colleges are a mess right now, too. They're not educating kids. They're indoctrinating them. And these kids were halfway through being indoctrinated and halfway through their uh, fortunes of debt that was being incurred upon when this virus hit and pushed them all home. So now that these kids are not being indoctrinated, they're stuck at home doing nothing. And then this happens. People wanted to get out of the house. Well, we found a way to successfully end the coronavirus. We found a vaccine for the coronavirus. We did. And we witnessed it last week. So congratulations, the coronavirus is now dead. And it cost a man its life. And I don't see I don't see any of you truly doing anything to make this world a better place other than posting whatever the fuck that was on Instagram yesterday. So pat yourself on the backs. You did a great job. My name's Jay. I'm the owner and operator of PositiveSarcasm.com. You have questions, comments, hate mail, you can send it directly to me. PositiveSarcasm at Outlook.com. Put your name on it. That's what I always say. Um, actually, I think Jay Moore said that, but that's okay. We should probably get some get some Q and A because at least I can offer tips and insights to how crazy the world is. When I read these Q and As, that's a perfect example of how fucked out we are. We can't even solve these weird problems that I read about on these Q and As every day. I expect us to solve this issue, not anytime soon. So we are going to freaking do a full curveball U-turn type of thingy here, and we're going to read about some weird shit. You know why? Because it keeps the party train going. This is what I do every Wednesday. It's part of the process. It's part of the thing that I've built here and has been running strong and consistently for the past couple of years. 
And it's not going away anytime soon. So, without further ado, here are the weirdest questions on the internet that I can find that I can try to answer to make somebody's life better. And maybe you can utilize this information to help make the world a better place. You ready? One more sip of coffee and let's get to it. Mmm. All right. How can I get my girlfriend to get rid of all of her books and art? I've been dating Emma for six months. It's not serious yet, but I can see us heading that way. Okay. We're very compatible in most ways, except that Emma has a way too much stuff. Her place isn't messy, and she's not a hoarder, but she has several bookshelves just loaded with books. It's got to be hundreds, and they're nothing special. Just old paperbacks. She collects art glass, and it's on her coffee table, hanging in her windows, and on those already overloaded bookshelves. She has dozens of hall wall hangings, too, and her sofa is piled with throws. Her floor with floor pillows. Everywhere you look, there's stuff. I was once like, I was once like her, but learned how freeing it is to get rid of the extraneous junk. Now I'm very much a minimalist and could never live in a jumble like that again. I suggested a, uh, I suggested a book and gave it to her, but she hasn't done anything about it. And I know how hard it is to start, but I also know how much happier and more carefree she would be if she'd only get rid of the junk. Also, we've talked about our relationship progressing and moving in together, but this is as close to a showstopper for me. Should I make this clear to her? I'm, I'm wary of coming off as controlling, but I also want to be honest. Well, I have to say that there is a comfort in knowing that you have access to uh, literature and fine china and all that stuff. Now, okay, first of all, the wall hangings, I don't know what the fuck that is. You know, I like art. I do. I like paintings and posters and stuff. I think it's cool. It shows a lot of your personality. Uh, the floor pillows. Okay, that's a that's such a Karen move. Is fucking pillows everywhere. Uh, the however the books. I don't have a problem with the books. I think the books are pretty cool. I think there's a compromise there. I think your biggest thing is with the books. Is maybe with the books. All right, the throw pillows. Yeah, fuck it, get rid of them. The floor. Uh, yeah. Okay. The throws and the pillows, all right, that probably that shit can probably be sold and gotten rid of. Fair enough. The books, I think in the relationship, yeah, there's got to be some type of compromise. You're only six months in, so let's slow it down a bit. However, the book thing is not a big deal. I think there's something valuable in that. And you know what? Maybe you should consider picking up a book and reading it as well. I can, I can, I can offer you a couple one. But uh, yeah, I think the books things is not a big deal. If she's if she's willing to categorize them and clean them up and put them in a certain way, make it look like a little library. Hell, she could open up her own little library. What do you think of that? That's not a bad idea. I really don't have a problem with the books. I think it's the other stuff that can lead to to. It's not like old newspaper clippings and a dead cat underneath a pile of paint that she hasn't used since two thousand six. Uh, the floor pillows. Floor pillows are fucking stupid. Uh, but the books, that's okay. I'm okay with that. You, you, I think you should be like, look, I'm cool with the books. I think we can help you organize. I don't want to. I don't want you to get rid of them, unless they're super outdated, like Encyclopedia Britannica's. But the floor pillows, all right, yeah, a little organization would be good. But the books, nah, man, I'm not about throwing out books. I'm really not. It's that's like a that's that's. That's something about our past, and it's important to keep those intact because you don't know 
where those books are going to go or if they're even going to exist. So it's important to keep that stuff around. I mean, it's her responsibility. But as long as the floor doesn't cave in in her apartment, I think the books should stay. I don't got a problem with books. You shouldn't either. Come on, man. Next, uh, next dig Q&A. Should I allow my fiance's family to stand outside the door and listen when we have sex on our wedding night? I'm 23, getting married to my 23-year-old girlfriend early next year, if all goes to plan. I don't have a lot of family. Uh, okay, I'm in I don't, no contact with my dad for several years now. She, however, has a huge extended family. Something weird I've noticed since we got engaged is that my girlfriend's cousins sometimes make jokes about our wedding night. It's weird for them to joke about it since I'm pretty sure her whole family is aware we've slept together before since we share a bed at holiday gatherings and vacations. A few nights ago, we were discussing wedding plans and thinking about places to go on our honeymoon. Uh, My girlfriend and I were brainstorming ideas when she tells me that we won't need a bridal suite right away. Obviously, I ask why. We're getting married at a pretty nice hotel. She says that she'd like for us to stay at her parents' house. She tells me that there's a really old tradition in her family on the wedding night. The husband and wife go into the master bedroom together, and they are supposed to consummate the marriage. The rest of the family are waiting outside the door so they can applaud them and cheer when they come out. Then a piece of the bed she is cut off and sewn into a big tapestry my girlfriend's mother owns. I think my girlfriend saw I wasn't too happy because she quickly told me that we wouldn't actually have to consummate the marriage if I felt uncomfortable and we could just pretend. I don't want anything to do with this. I absolutely freaked and told her under no circumstances will I be doing that kind of thing in front of her whole family. When I came back from taking a walk to clear my head, she was now noticeably acting down and still is. I don't know what I meant to go on from here. I really love my girlfriend and she is the woman I want to spend my life with. I'm freaked out, but of course she is my whole world. But how should I handle her family and navigate this tradition? Well, I guess you could just open the door and just fuck her right in the ass right in front of her entire family and see how that works out. I mean, if they want to know what's going on, you might as well just take her to full pound town and drop a digit anywhere you can. I mean, that's really what you want to do. Be like, here's your fucking tradition. Right in your, right in your daughter's ass. Jeez, that got aggressive really quickly. That's none of their business. It's none of their business. And this isn't tradition. This is a fucking freak show. This is a perverted-ass freak show. I'm sure there's plenty of traditions in the Catholic Church that used to take place, hint, hint, and maybe shouldn't. So I strongly suggest that her family go and fucking kick rocks. And otherwise, you know what? Leave the door open and just crush it right in front of them. But otherwise, no, I would not. No, absolutely not. Dude, I'm with you all the way. I don't know what your issue, I don't know what your girlfriend's issue is with this. Um... It's we can just pretend. No, we don't want this passive thing. This is a huge problem. These traditions shouldn't really exist. I've been, I've seen a few weddings in my day, and some of the things are a little odd and maybe kind of played out and, uh, quite frankly, don't move well with the times. But I think this one is just awkward, uncomfortable, and isn't really tradition. I think it's just creepville. And I don't condone it. I, I just, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. And I, I get it, dude. Stand by. What kind of man would you be if you didn't stand by your values? So, no, you fucking put the whole brakes on this whole thing, and yeah, you go get a hotel. And if it becomes an issue, well, dude, like I said, yeah, you love somebody, but they gotta love you too, and they gotta respect your decision making as well. 
First of all, it's fucking creepy. So if they're gonna hear it, they might. Well, I guess it's one thing. If they want to, if they're gonna hear it, they might as well see it, and that's gonna be uncomfortable. Well, I didn't have to say that. You could obviously figure that point out for yourself. But holy shit, would that be uncomfortable? But nah, I'm good. I'm good. Think about it. Just like you, you know, mom and dad are sitting right there, and you're just you pull it out and blow a load right on her chest. Mom and dad are right there. I don't think they're going to be applauding when they see that. So. <laughs> Whew. Boy, this took a, okay, let's just, let's, just, let's just move on to the next one. Here's the next one. How can I tell my boss I don't want them coming over to my work, coming to work from my house during quarantine? I will, okay. I work in a small team, five of us all together, where we were all the same gender, around the same age, have a lot of similar interests, perfect makings for a traditional friend group. Except that, of course, one of us is a manager, so there needs to be some level of distance between us. The trouble is, George, uh, this guy has a hard time with this. In some cases, he's uh, able to maintain professional boundaries, but in others, they will join us for happy hours, get tipsy, start telling us about problems in their marriage. We've all been working remotely for a while now. He's been recently asked if this, if so-and-so could spend the day working from Alex's house. Jordan needed to get out of the house, spend a few hours away from the spouse. We are in a state with a lot of COVID, socially distanced. We all sort of... Ha- okay. All right. Well, I'm just going to stop this one right here. The This is why you don't get involved with colleagues. It really isn't. It's just fucked out. I, it, well, first of all, managers are managers. Okay. Managers are managers, and you don't really need to associate with them. There has to be that line in the sand uh, when it comes to certain things. I wouldn't want, you know, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be a part of it. I wouldn't want to be a part of it at all. I get that you, well, I think what you want to do is you want to break it to them that like, you want to keep that line. Well, people need to start being honest about things, and you need to bring it up. And if it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt, man. But you know what? Getting that flu shot kind of stings a bit, but maybe better off for you. Or maybe not the flu shot. Sorry to the anti-vaxxers out there. How about the polio vaccine? Your fucking tetanus booster. Yeah, those hurt a little bit, but you know what? It's for the good of it's it's for the good of the fam. It's for the good of you and the herd immunity. So man up. Say you're not comfortable with your boss coming over to hang out because his wife is being a bitch. If in his opinion, it's not it's not cool. You've got to get away. Go fucking, you know what? In that case, go work at one of those, you know, uh internet cafe places. He doesn't need to work out at, he doesn't need to work at your house. It's just that's a weird trust. That's a weird that's a weird thing that just isn't it, I don't I don't like it. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's a good idea. It just it seems weird all around. And stop making friends at work for God's sakes. We're going to keep going. Fuck it. Let's keep going. Let's make it a long one. What should I do after my best friend falsely accused me of and me of, me and my husband of asking her for a threesome? Out of the blue, my best friend of 45 years called to tell me something uncomfortable that had been bothering her for about 20 years. She declared that over the past 20 years or so, my husband and I had declared had asked her to join us in a threesome multiple times. I was stunned and asked her what she was talking about. She said that many times over dinner, she we had been whispering together and then made suggestions to her that we wanted to have sex with her. She said she couldn't remember any specifics. My husband and I are very flirty together, but I can't imagine we ever said or did anything untoward. Untoward. I told her I understood that she was feeling very upset, but what she was suggesting never happened. She then insisted that I take responsibility. I'm reluctant to write her off and completely due to our very long history, but I'm shocked and angry, and I'd never allow her in my house again. 
but I'm shocked and angry and I'll never allow her in my house again. My husband is done with her. Can the friendship be saved? Well, in that case, I was going to say you should be like, listen, I'm sorry you took it that way, uh, but it didn't happen. We never suggested it. Uh, I hope we can work this out. But since you're going, you know, you're going full throttle on this whole thing that you're shocked and angry. I'll never allow her in my house again. My husband's done with her. Well, guess what? Then fucking write it off and be done with it. In that case, be done with it. Just shut her out and be like, you're out of your fucking mind, you stupid cunt. We're done with you. Get the fuck out of my life. See you later. Bye. I guess you could go that route. Since you've already gone about 75% on the throttle, you might as well put that bitch into red line and say, hey, you know what? We're, at, we're outsies. Uh, see you later. Goodbye. And at this point, that's the best way to handle it all. So, well, that's the way you're handling it. So I'm just saying, if I mean, if you're going to be in it, be in it to win it. So that's it. Don't call it the C word. Say the whole fucking thing. And that's the end of it. Let's see. Are we done? I want to do one more. Okay, yeah, this is the one I wanted to do. <laughs> Does sexting with my wife's aunt for a year count as cheating? I'm married man, and I have been sexting with my wife's aunt for about a year now. We have never sent pictures or done any type of video chat. It's all been hot and heavy texts. It's all been hot and heavy texts. She wants to start video chatting, but I'm totally against it. I feel like texting is not cheating because it's just text and not sex. But as soon as vi pictures and videos and live sessions start, then I am cheating on my wife. Well, I'm glad to know you have boundaries. My question for you is, am I already cheating just by texting? I'm sure my wife would think so, but in my heart of hearts, I disagree. Yet I do think videos and live sessions would be crossing the line. Have I crossed the line already? Should I just do it? Okay, yes, you've crossed the line. And first of all, ew, it's her aunt. I'm sure her aunt is hot. But I'm sure, let me put it this way. If her wife would be, if your wife would be automatically obscene by the fact that you said to her aunt that you wanted to bend her over and fuck her in the ass, I'm pretty sure you've crossed the line. So I, as far as how you approach this, it has to be at the very least, we can't do this anymore, auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. Sorry about the past couple of years of saying I was going to drop a digit on you, but we need to stop this right away before something actually bad happens. And do yourself a favor, change your cell phone carrier because you don't want those text messages getting out. Uh, and throw away your fucking cell phone. No, burn it. Melt it. Set it on fire. Throw it in a fucking volcano. Do whatever you have to do. But if you want this to go away without any damage being done, you need to... Stop right now and melt the evidence. And I mean, melt it. I mean, have you many times I come across old cell phones and old iPods and old cameras? And oh my God, the stuff that gets donated to me, the things I find in there, Jesus Christ, some governors could go to jail. Uh, so my thoughts to you are stop. And that's, that's it. You need to stop. Yes, it is. It's 100% cheating, and you should stop. Okay. We're at an hour. I'm done here. The, the, please understand that I try to do everything I can for anybody, regardless of who they are, and, that's, and there you go. That's it. I'm open to anyone. So if you don't like this podcast, if you don't like what I had to say, just stop listening. Just stop listening. But if you want to continue listening, you can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, CastBox, 
uh, anywhere where podcasts are available, including the video portion of it, which is on the Positive Sarcasm Podcast on YouTube and Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. Uh, you can find me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And you want to email me directly, or if you want to be, you want to sip coffee, coffee thoughts, coffee on the on the casting couch, or you want to be a guest on the podcast, you can go to my website to support it or contact me through it, positivesarcasm.com, or you can always email me directly, positivesarcasm at, at outlook.com. Please no dick pics. Until then, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. Recorded here at the Spare Part Studios. Open to everyone. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.
Across the clouds I see my shadow fly Out of the corner of my watering eye A dream unfriended by the morning light Could blow the soul right through the roof of the night Podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.